This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Shit Salt. What's the worst part of owning a dog? The shit. Some dogs eat their shit, but not all of them. We are here to change that. I have three dogs. The Shih Tzu is nasty, and the Pomeranian is my princess. The Schnauzer, that's the one that shits all over the house. That had a major impact on my relationship with the dog. Then we got Shit Salt, and the results are awesome. He still shits everywhere, but now he eats them all. Now he's my favorite. He even has his own spot on the bed. Sprinkle shit salt on any existing dog dew in your yard, and our proprietary blend of exotic spices will make that dew virtually irresistible to your dog. Your yard stays clean, your dog stays full, and you save money on pet food. Try it free for 30 days, and at the end of your trial, if you miss scooping shit, we'll give your money back guaranteed. You can even keep that shit salt. Shit salt. Salt that shit. A Popco brand. Hello, uh, hi, hey, greetings, hey, hey, I'm doing the intro. No, you're right. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, Justin, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to jump at you. But I'm a beta, it's fine. It's okay. We can't have two betas sitting across from each other, it's going to be <laughs> nothing but an a, a, apologizing circle. Hello and thank you for cracking another Road Soda. This is episode 127. That's a lot of cans of road soda. You might want to pull over and empty out those cans. You might want to get some of those out of there. Doesn't look good when you have a. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for driving around with hundreds of cans of road soda in your in your uh, your car there. On this episode, I'm really sorry about guildlings. I passed my test, but there was uh, some casualties, and Justin brings to us a brand new segment. I'm Isaiah Cooper. I'm Justin Mitchell. And uh, thanks for cracking one, guys. Yeah, Road Soda, thank you again. Here we are, continuing to, to move along into our new year. Uh, got some interesting mail. You guys, everyone can always write into roadsodamail at gmail.com uh, and send us you know links to things you want us to read or send us your comments and whatnot. I got an email from, you guys might remember him, Greg McGinnis. Hey! Hey, our old... Uh, he actually sent us a couple of emails, but they were links to... Um, to it looks like news articles, and uh, I just wanted to touch on these real quick. I, I should have put these in the news segment there, but you know what? We can just do this real quick. Zoo will name a cockroach after your ex and live stream it being fed to an animal. That's wonderful. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Greg's comment was said, this is an ingenious matching of some of our most abundant resources, roaches, rats, and ratchet ex-girlfriends. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, first of all, great. <laughs> great beats. Number three... I can't count. Number seven, this is a great way to bring revenue into the zoo. It really is. The Valentine's Day may get this Valentine's Day may give you a newfound appro- appreciation for cockroaches and rats. There are two things we've all dreaded at some point: Valentine's Day and encounters with creepy crawlers like cockroaches and rats. I think we we get the idea of what's going on, but that's really funny. I'll I'll actually uh, put that article as well in the uh, the details down at the bottom so you can read it for yourself. Uh, he did one more, and it says 70% of pure human blood ready for transfusion found to contain Xanax. <laughs> and he said, uh, one thing American people are not divided on, fucking Xanax. Mm. And it says, yeah, that's that's the news article. I'll put that one down there, too. 
It's a definitely those are those are the kind of news articles we're looking for. I should have just done those. Um, and of course, you guys can always call into the show. Mm-hmm. We have a phone number. You call in. It goes to voicemail. You leave a message, and we'll play it. It's seven zero six two hundred one two one three, and uh, we have a voicemail here. So oh, that's dude Twitter. I always mix up Twitter and uh, and Skype. Let's let's go ahead and play this. Crank it up. Hey, it's Grant with my review of Gilman's. Um, it, it kept my attention when I played through the end of the chapter. I guess uh, an update's supposed to come out and there will be another chapter in the adventures. Um, but for now, the game is kind of done. Um, Did you say done or dumb? It was... I think I just don't quite get how to do the uh, the combats and when to play what type of action um also i kind of want to play games to make myself happy not to make other characters happy <laughs> in the game levels. and i got tired of all the like text form talk uh with emojis and whatnot um a uh, final note for previous week's game um the animation style reminded me of super jail oh and, uh, maybe yes. that'll start another conversation Nailed uh, it. Good luck with the podcast, and I uh, hope you found a job, you yeah, worthless bum, Isaiah. <laughs> uh, if not, I hope you found a trail. Thanks. Bye. Grant, you are a man among men, and I could not have said it better. I want to meet Grant. We we will meet Grant. Don't worry. There will be. Um, we got to set up a time and and everything because he's so involved with the show, just like all of our listeners, and we want to. Um, Let's, we should definitely schedule a conversation and, mm-hmm. and have him on and, and do a, a nice little conversation with Grant. Because, yeah, he's a great fucking dude. His insights are perfect. And what he said, I play video games to make myself happy, not the characters in the game. And that dude that <laughs> could not have said it better. Uh, I, I commend your fortitude to even playing through the first chapter because I did not get that far. I, got, I think I got pretty close, but um, even still, uh, thank you for at least trying and giving us your, your result, uh, giving your... Um, review sorry whoa uh, and what do you say he said uh the last game was like super jail was he talking about grindstone yeah he's saying grindstone the art style reminds him of super jail he nailed it yeah it's very similar yeah yeah i do i remember super jail you know the thing about super jail is every time i saw the episode every time i saw the show it was always the same episode that i that was on yeah, it was the I, first episode yeah i i had a similar thing where like every time it was on it was a handful of the same ones yeah because i i um I didn't always get to watch it when it was fresh. Yeah, it's always and I, it was always the same episode. Episode. It was where the warden gave bunny costumes and wolf costumes to all the inmates. Oh right. And there was no rhyme or reason to why right. he was doing it, but it also obviously caused insane conflict. Like mm-hmm. the wolves were just killing all the bunnies. And like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So thank you very much to Grant. Again, you guys can all call in seven zero six two hundred one two one three. Become a part of the show. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, we're still giving out uh, postcards. So if anybody hasn't had a postcard, if you send us uh, your your mailing address to roadsodamail at gmail.com, we still got plenty of those uh, postcards, and we love to send them to you guys so you can have some cool membrobilia. But now, how about, a, how about another word from our sponsors? This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by 23 and More. 23andMe predicts how you're going to die. At 23andMore, we predict how you should live. By analyzing your DNA, 
23 and more knows exactly what you need to do to optimize your potential. At only five foot seven, Spud Webb won the NBA dunk contest, and that is amazing. But 23 and more results show he would have been the Michael Jordan of accounting. I used to work the fryers at McDonald's, but then my 23 and more results showed me I wasn't living my best life. Now I'm the fry guy at Burger King, and things are really looking up. I was a dean of a community college, but I felt like I still had more potential. 23 and more helped me realize my true calling, and now I drive a cab. 23 and more, find out who you're supposed to be. It's news, news, news. Mm-hmm. We got some uh, new stuff that happened this week. Right from the top, I had this uh, article that I sent to you. It wasn't much of an article. It was more of a video. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this, but I just want you to see how outrageous this is. Does it have the... Can you read the headline? I sure can. This comes to us from My Sun Coast, ABC7. Intense video, colon, car crashes into Calif, period, probably California, roundabout, comma, going airborne. Right, so in California, this car crashes into a roundabout, goes airborne. Now, you think something going airborne, it's going to like, eh, it's going to go a little airborne, It's going to hop. It's going to hop, right? Well, just because it's the news and they're trying to like really sell it to you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this news article in the, the, all the news articles always in the show notes so Uh you can... You can see this for yourself. So if you go into the description right now, you can find this link and you can watch this video. This is fucking crazy. Go ahead. I want right. to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn up my volume because you haven't actually. I, don't even I know haven't if there seen is. this. It's all like street cam, so I don't right. think there is volume. Right, no volume. I'm gonna turn my volume back down. So all Justin right. hasn't seen this yet. You guys are gonna get my live unfiltered reaction. All right, it's a roundabout. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, look at how a, many. It does a backflip. Do you see how many angles there are? Wow, dude! How many, Zoom. dude? Oh, it doesn't do a backflip. It it goes almost backflip. How many feet would you say this oh, car traveled in the air? Could you imagine if? Oh, you know what really sucks is that there's a lot of cars parallel parked on the side of the street, yeah. and and the car that gets airborne actually just lands in the road, uh-huh. but it kicks a rock up that just ruins one dude. dude's car. So there's like. 30 cars there and that one dude it's like oh dude, man he fu- it was like yeah you could see Poor it really fuck up but dude this isn't that out it looked like a movie jump like i've seen i've seen uh, viral videos of guys being like we built this dirt jump we're gonna jump it in our backyard yeah. like on their private property that don't get as much yeah. air as this fucking like how do you even get that air what did he hit how fast was he going and what ramped him into the fucking air that fast why were there so many goddamn angles of it recorded like all the street cams like is in california is this like a is this like a movie thing like a movie teaser um like there's no other cars on the road and he just hits that roundabout going like 80 so here's what i think it did hit a boulder and that boulder is what damaged that one car i'm assuming that it hit the curb right of the the little roundabout which kind of gave its front end it was going very fast and then i think that it as it kept going, it hit that tip of that boulder, which launched it. Just and launched. then, since it hit the tip of the boulder, that would make the boulder roll. So, what a fucking day! That Holy guy. shit! Holy shit is right, dude. Oh man. Um, so that was a that's a fun one, and um, not much of a news article there. So now we go to our other news articles. This one I just said, Hardy Har, and I hope this one is Hardy Har. I don't remember exactly. I never remember. Have you noticed that? My yes and to you most of the time is just repeating what you said, but differently. I never noticed. You shouldn't have said something. I shouldn't have said something. (laughs) 
Florida man looking for auto parts store gets directions to jail. All right, that's not a man. What is that, a ghoul? Yeah. <laughs> like, Did they- you ever see those pictures on like Reddit or whatever? And it's like, so and so is celebrating their 104th birthday. And, and the person is, has like a toothless smile. It's like an old Asian woman. And you're yeah. like, God, she just doesn't like. Is it okay to be alive? That's what this looks like. This um, guy, are you saying this guy looks to be 104? Yeah. Yeah. It's de- that's about twice as old as he actually yeah. is. A 63 year old Florida man, as usual, fucking represent, seeking directions to an auto parts store, instead found himself in jail. So, what's so wrong about trying to get to an auto parts store? I, I need to know. You're too old to drive, sir. Deputies say Juan Zamora flashed his headlights at a Marion County. Hey, hey, officer, officer, get over here. He's flashing his headlights mm-hmm. at the cop. Probably a wrong move. A squad car on Saturday night. The deputy stopped and Zamora asked him how to get to an auto parts. What do I look like? Fucking map quest? Get in the back of the car. Um, so he was drunk. This guy, he said, says he smelled alcohol. Yeah, definitely so, smelled alcohol. That'll do it. Yeah. You can't fix your car. You're too drunk. I just, uh, the hearty har was from the slick headline that they gave. They, whoever wrote that was like, this is it. This is, this yeah, is my this moment. Is my, I'm going to get promoted. He just walks, he walked into the, the room that day and be like, hey, uh, you had a pretty good article. Did you see the one I, I put in? Yeah. See that one? Yeah. It you becomes are. like the how many miles did you hike of it? Right. It's like, oh, my headline was uh, pretty on the nose, but. Uh, you know, you know, it's pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The editor actually called me up and complimented me. Yeah. Um, this one just says, um, what? This one is actually like, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this just for the conversation it could start. Forced vaccine. Oh, I just saw this. Forced vasectomy at 50. Alabama lawmaker reacts to pushback. And so right there in the headline kind of tells you forced vasectomy at 50. What is it? Some guy needs to get. No, no, no. It's not some guy. An Alabama lawmaker has proposed a bill that would require a man to undergo a vasectomy at age 50 or after he has fathered a specific number of children. Yeah. And also, here's what I think, because I've seen a picture of the that woman there. Is that the one that made the lawmaker? Sure? Yeah. So here's what I think. I think that woman wants to get down with some unprotected sex without having to worry about getting pregnant. Right. And she's typically fucking men over 50. Right, so they think that's what is just a real personal thing. And Mm -hmm. she's like, well, I'm a lawmaker. How Mm -hmm. am I going to fix this? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she could just fix herself. No. No. Everyone else needs to be fixed. Everyone else (laughs) needs to be fixed. Uh, Filed by Representative Roland Hollis, uh, uh, District of of Birmingham, would require a man to undergo a vasectomy after the birth of his third biological child. So if you're like 30 and you've had your third child, they're like, well, that's great. Uh, let me see your dick real quick. Snip, snip. Uh, or within a month of his 50th birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, this wow. bill also says the procedure would be done at the man's expense. Oh, yeah. And that'll be 150 bucks. Yeah. More like 750. I've been looking at vasectomies. They're, they're not Damn, cheap. bro. Well... That's like, I, I read this whole article. It's not very long. Of course, you can check it out in the description here. Um, it not, doesn't explain why. Like, what's the reasoning behind it? It just says this is what would happen. But why? Why does that need to happen? I don't know. Maybe they're they're having a lot of, like, you know, poverty level people having too many kids. Um, I mean, that's never been a problem before. <laughs> right? I just, it's such a, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to... 
to uh, I mean I obviously think it's too strange to have to force men to um, I don't think we can do that I don't think that'll work but uh, I don't know made me imagine what if it did happen is there a pop is there too many people I think there's not enough in fact the population uh, so uh, to have you have to have two kids to replenish population mm-hmm. and America is like one of the uh, only countries it's been a, st- a, a static 2.3 replenishment rate which means it's just right at keeping it level and slightly above to make the population continue to grow which is exactly what you need to make all your social systems work mm-hmm. if it drops below uh within a couple of generations social security immediately starts to hemorrhage on the state mm-hmm. and and all those systems that you have built where people pay into them as younger and then when you get older you take back when there's nobody young paying into it it, it just it becomes top heavy it fucks up just, there's there's a massive list of comp- of countries with uh, dwindling birth rates that is completely fucked up. It's so strange. And at a, in Alabama, at a, like, I don't know. Maybe there's something else going on in Alabama. They're trying to mitigate it. Uh, it just seems a really uh, strange thing. The definition of insanely common. It is insane how common. That's okay. just, that's just what I I put here. Um, Woman didn't know she was pregnant. Dude, I'm so sick of these stories. I want to just gather all, like, one day just do all these news articles. Because, yeah, me too. It's insane how common this is. Gives birth in her bathtub. Like, this is not the first time we've done an article like this. There's a TV show about this. How, I don't, I just, it just doesn't. How can you be pregnant? Look, we're not women. So maybe there's something we're missing. But uh, it's let's let's uh, a softball coach in Texas says she gave birth to a uh, a seven pound girl. It's a big fucking baby, uh, but had no clue she was even pregnant. Just didn't know you had seven pounds of life living in you. Uh, Brittany uh, Derelek says she thought she had an upset stomach. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Until she pushed out a baby. Can we just talk about how, like, the the context of that? If mm-hmm. I had an upset stomach, I was just gonna blast a dookie in the bathtub. Boom, baby. <laughs> Boom, baby. Yeah. Why was she in the bathtub? I did. That's the thing that there's there's. So she got into the bathtub. Her mom drew her a bath, and she's like, "Get in the bath. Your stomach hurts." And then she started pushing in the bath. Was she literally prepared to take a shit in the bath? That's what it sounds like. So that was, it was, to her, there was no baby involved. To her, it was, the bath is warm. It's going to help this massive fucking, is that something she's done before? Has she had an upset? Is that, that's yep. the only way she would It's a think. family remedy. You just, if you have diarrhea, mm-hmm. your stomach's a little upset, we're just going to draw you a warm bath with some Epsom salt, and you're going right. to lay in there, you're going to relax, and you're just going to let that shit just, all come out. Just let it all work itself just out. Just fill it up. And when and then you, you wipe it on your skin, yeah. and it soaks back in the nutrients that you're losing. Yeah, it's an exfoliant. It's an exfoliant on you. you got to yeah. let it sit for three days. <laughs> okay. oh shit it's a baby well that's not well that's not gonna help your stomach yeah dude it says here uh, i don't remember exactly where it says she says i didn't know because i continued to have yeah i got my menstrual cycle every month did anyone contest that was anyone like what like was there a doctor like what you had your is that a common thing like i'm not a doctor but is that something that happens where women, oh, there's women who are pregnant that continue to have their menstrual cycle? I, um, 
I don't know. I feel like it, you know, maybe, but 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 it doesn't make sense. But also, yeah, it you know, seems like it would be know. an insanely rare thing, and like the doctors would be like, "Come in here. We need to. What yeah. the fuck happened? Yeah. You, we need to test you. How that? It's yeah, yeah. These articles. I just want to gather all these articles and do them all at once. And this is a, of course, the very very last one for you guys. KFC and Crocs set out to make your dreams of wearing a bucket of chicken come true. I'm so happy. I know this in is this moment. I've dreamed of nothing else, you know. Every day I wake up and I go, I just wish I had an, a borderline ugly, smelly rubber shoe that was designed to look like my favorite restaurant's food container. It looks so bad, dude. It's a crock. How are they gonna make it look good? Yeah, but it looks worse than normal. Yeah, they made it KFC. <laughs> Guys, just what so you know, think? the the sole and bottom part of the shoe is red and white, like the the famous right. buckets of chicken, and the croc portion, the top portion, literally is just graphics of fried chicken. Of fried chicken, so it looks like you got your feet in a bucket of chicken. Yeah. You know what I like? You know what I always imagine every time I sit down to a nice bucket of KFC fried chicken. I say, you know what? It would make me feel real good Ooh, if I could just slide my bare foot. Mm into this nice warm mm -hmm. crispy bucket of chicken and just mm -hmm. you know, soak you know what i mean yeah just soak just, just soak. Let, I just let it let all your cares and worries if there just was drift a, away a multi-million dollar corporations that could somehow just you know make my dreams come true come together and produce something to make my dreams come true jesus fucking christ yeah you should check this i actually tweeted this to uh Patton oswald did you? Yeah, I don't think he actually responded. I haven't looked, but um, just because he's got all those KFC yeah, yeah. jokes and everything. This is just, it's preposterous, dude. They they know what they're doing. Look at that. <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of want a pair now. I'm excited to see if we can find anyone wearing it. That's your news. We'll see you again next week with your news. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Crest Taint Whitening Strips. The top taint scientists got together and the results are sparkling. Crest Taint Whitening Strips. For a taint so bright white, you'll need an eye mask for your asshole. I've heard all the same promises. 10% whiter, 20% less burning. Big business is constantly lying its way onto my taint. Sometimes my taint is arguably brighter, but then the burning increases. Or when they come out with a product that doesn't burn quite as much, I don't get compliments on my taint. What will make these strips any different? Those assholes at Colgate don't know their taints from their teeth. Our guys called their lab and they are using the exact same strips at both ends. Teeth strips on your taint? What are you, an idiot? Crest Taint Whitening Strips. For a white so bright, your balls will call your asshole to shut the hall light off. A Popco brand. So, that's probably the name of the episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, as everyone uh, recalls, last week I talked about how I lost my, my job. Because you guys would never miss an episode. Of course. Uh, f interesting little fun fact. Our, our old co-host, Greg, called me up. And he, um, or he, he texted me, messaged me, and he said, hey, I listened to the episode. Um, there's a couple things on there you might not want to so openly say. He's like, you never know what could possibly happen. So I actually went back through the last episode and bleeped out the names of some things mm -hmm. and whatnot, just in case. You never know. Like, I'm very confident that, like, nobody listens. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that it's... Uh, um, but just on the off chance, like I don't need 
that ruined. It sucks enough having lost a job once. I don't need to lose it again, right? So uh, where we left off last week was that I had to uh, take a, a drug test, right? So I had mm-hmm. like the, the week off and what they were, um, they said they were going to message me like this information and I had to take care of it throughout the week. And, and it was a background check. So I, ha- I got on and I started putting all the information for the background check. And then it told me I have to go to, uh, um, uh, I have to, I had until like the end of the week to get to a quest diagnostics to test. Right. And I was really, after the last episode, I honestly went home and was like really like torn up about, like not torn up, but I was thinking about like, who, where am I going to get pee? I don't, I want to buy it because I'm not, I'm like out of work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who can I get it from? I was like, maybe my dad. I was like, but I don't know what kind of medications my dad's on that might show up on there. Like I never know. And then I was like my son, but I was like, how do I get his pee out of a diaper? Like, how do I get his pee? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also you know, what kind of hormones or what kind of things are going to show up? And they're like, mm-hmm. this man has the testosterone levels of a, a, a two-year-old, <laughs> a literal two-year-old. He is two, right? Uh, he's not. No, like he's 18. A, no, no. He's Once? like only 14. Oh my God. 14 years old already. I know. Right. <laughs> they grow fast. God, I can't wait to just hang out with your kid and like get him playing instruments and stuff. Dude, I'm, I think he might be into drums. Dude. He gets excited when he sees him. Here's here's the deal. This is a non sequitur, but I romanticize the idea of Adley being like my god nephew. Yeah. And because I, I romanticize the idea of having a kid and just being like from a very young age, like this is guitar, this is bass, this is trumpet, this is drums, like really getting them exposed to music. I don't care what they choose, mm-hmm. but like really raising a, a virtuoso and like just, letting them explore and giving them... The, or like whatever, if they want to be actor or comedian or whatever, you know, like, but like getting them into the arts early and like letting yeah. them have the opportunity to pursue that as a dream. So Adlai is going to be my project. Hey so, man, have that project because that's my same, my same sentiment towards him. I don't care what he finds inspiring. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited to find out what it is so that I can help him pursue it. Like I'm really excited about mm-hmm. it. Um, <clears throat> already got a really strong feeling. He's going to be, um, dope at soccer and he's going to play a lot of soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, is yeah. that a Billy Madison reference? Or I wish it? it was. I mean, it is like, we're going to be a soccer player. But no, his his mom played soccer and his uh, grandfather on his mom's side played soccer in Israel, like almost professionally mm-hmm. and um, really, really good. So mm-hmm. ever since he was like an infant, like really small, like no words, but just could just laugh. Watching somebody kick a ball around made him laugh hysterically. And then... Um, if you like held him by his like chest and let his feet on the ground and you put a ball on the ground, it made him laugh and got get so excited to like kind of run after it and kick it. So like you would be holding him. He mm-hmm. couldn't, he wasn't actually walking, but he was just, he loved that shit. And even now, yeah, he, I think he's anyway, uh, let's not get too far out in the, yeah, in the piss bushes. test. So this piss test, man, I, and, uh, what's great is I realized I haven't, I haven't told you and uh, how it went and everything, but, so I went home and I'm like, how am I going to get it? And my friend, um, you know, Brian, everyone knows Brian just happened to text me. Like when I was, I was in the midst of thinking about it and he texted me and said, what's up, dude? And I just immediately messaged him back. And I said, uh, you got clean piss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I was like, I need it. And so he, um, the next day he ends up, he works like just right up the street from my house. So I went up there and, and he's like, Hey, I got some uh, piss for you. I want to come grab it. I went up there and he had a smart water bottle 
filled to the top with piss. I was like, I don't think I'm going to need that much piss. It's <laughs> a, a lot of piss, man. And so then I was, I was really, I, I started reading some articles that made me like really scared about what I was doing. I was like, man, am I going to be able to pass? Like when, if they watch, I started reading the difference. Like there's three panel, five panel, nine panel, 12 panel, and each one, the number uh, indicates how many drugs they're testing for. Mm -hmm. So obviously 12 panels are like, they're like super expensive and they're super like, they might take hair and blood and shit. And like they, they test for drugs that you wouldn't even think of. Not to mention there's drugs that you wouldn't think of that would test separately, but they would. So like, um, if they're testing for, uh, opiates in your system, it's not going to detect, uh, like methadone in your system. Like right. that's a separate thing, even mm -hmm. though it gives you essentially the same effect. So methadone's like a synthetic thing that's different, but either way. So this was a five panel and I, and, and I remember discussing with you when we were on the way to that concert, which we'll discuss in a little bit, um, that I was worried. The only thing I was worried about was, can they test the age of the piss? Not like, mm -hmm. oh, this person's older than it. But I mean, will they be able to know that this Right, piss, like do these proteins break down or something? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, is this pee old, like weeks old pee that they're using? And I Googled it and I the only, when I typed in age of piss, the only thing that kept coming up was um, the age of the person peeing, mm -hmm. right? So nowhere did it ever say anything like that. And then every, I spoke to a couple of different people who all, uh, uh, past tests this way and each person the bull it was just two of them they said that they used dehydrated it was like powdered urine and mm -hmm. then they add water to it and um that that in itself was like if if you're getting dehydrated i mean even if it's synthetic dehydrated urine there's no way that it's going to show the right age mm -hmm. how are they going to mimic that right mm -hmm. so I just thought that that was something they're not even, it's like probably, I'm sure they can test for that, but it's just so advanced and, and they're not doing it. Right. Um, so that eased. So then it just came down to like, I have to get it the right warmth. And, um, I was a little worried because people kept saying they were using heating pads mm -hmm. that like the little hot hands. But, uh, the last guy I talked to said his didn't, his never actually worked. So he was just afraid and he just left it up in his goot, like on his, in his taint gooch taint mm -hmm. longer to like warm it up so basically that's all that's that's all i did i went to the store and i bought a little bottle it was like a little travel shampoo bottle and it was slender not perfectly round more like oblong and i put it up in my taint and i only used a strip of tape like this big and i and i taped uh, it he it. held up maybe like eight inches eight of inches tape. yeah and i uh i taped it to the inside of my thigh but like all the way up in my taint because it was like that oblong kind of shape it fit right up in there and then mm -hmm. the cap itself was facing forward so if um and and my my coin purse would be hanging over the front of the cap so honestly if i was standing there naked and you were looking at me head on you wouldn't even see it granted if they like got me naked and started testing it they, you could see it from behind like coming mm -hmm. out but um but you couldn't see it so my plan was to you know put it up right before i left because it would probably be like a 20 minute drive and then i'd probably have to sit for 20 minutes and by then three ounce bottle that I, that I bought would, that pee would be basically body temperature and, uh, I should be good to go. Cause that's, yeah. And, and, um, it, it worked. Like I got there, it was nice and warm and dude, when, uh, it got kind of uncomfortable sitting on it just cause it was just weird and I was trying to act normal and I was so 
nervous because I don't do stuff like this. Like I don't try to deceive, uh, organizations and people and stuff like it's, uh, it was nerve wracking, right? <laughs> it was fucking nerve wracking. But dude, they, they call me back and uh, the lady. So I had all these plans. I was like, well, what if it's not warm enough? And I was like, here's an idea. If it's not warm enough, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll turn the hot water on in the bathroom and I'll run the hot water over the outside of the cup. Cause I was under the, cause, cause there's like a, a thermal sticker that they put on it mm-hmm. to make sure it re- reaches the right temperature. And, um, I was like, so that way it'll be like, it'll definitely be warm enough. But you know, way. some places specifically say don't run the faucet. Yeah. So I got there. There was no sink in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Also, when she handed me the cup, it was just some fucking plastic cup mm-hmm. with nothing on it. And she just took a Sharpie and drew on it and said, fill it up to there. And I was like, I, I thought like the last time I peed, there was like a little heat sticker on it. Yeah. And the it place like I go thing. to, the place I went to for my job was like very, the door was open. Yeah. Yeah. And like it had a thermal sticker and stuff. It was very. Yeah. So she just drew a line on it and then she was like, okay, and there's the bathroom and I closed the door and she said, I, I couldn't remember what she said. Cause I, st- I remember standing there for a minute being like, what she said, did she say not, don't lock the door or flush the toilet when you're done? There was like something she said. And so I'm standing there and I had to real pee too, like bad, like it had built up and I, I had to pee really, really bad. So my plan was to, uh, you know, fill the cup up with this stuff and then do my own piece. So like, oh, there's real pee in there. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, I can look in the toilet. Dude, I get in there. I, uh, I close the door and I'm like shaking and I'm like, oh shit, dude. And I'm, I'm worried that when I, the, the thing pops open, it makes a loud, like, like mm-hmm. pop noise. I'm like, they're going to, it's going to echo in this bathroom. I'm going to hear it. And I open it and I take my, uh, my junk and I lift it up. And because there's no, I thought the the pee would just start coming out. But because there's no way for the air to get in, it's just in there. So I'm like, I got to squeeze this thing. So I'm just starting to like try to squeeze my thighs and that's not working. So I'm like reaching behind to try to like squeeze the bottle to like get it out. But now because I have one hand behind and I need another hand to hold the cup, Mm -hmm. I've got the, I'm holding the cup and squeezing it from behind. And as I'm squeezing it, uh, the pee starts coming out and it's just getting all over my dong bag. (laughs) <laughs> so Brian's piss is all over your balls, all over my balls. Like it's just, dude. It's they they had to take. A, there had to be some casualties, and it, it came out, and it would. It was like it would just come out, and it would just hit the back of the the sack, and then just drip into the um, into the cup. And because of that, I knew it was warm. <laughs> so I knew it was it was probably the right temperature, but then I get it on and it's it's just shy of that little line. And I set the cup down and I'm like, okay. And I told you this recently and uh I actually told it to you at the at the um when we were at that show because mm-hmm. I tried try to go pee twice. In recent months I have become pee shy. And uh so like being in a public bathroom and there's like a line out the door and everyone's waiting for like another spot. Like, dude, that was almost, it took me two times to go pee, even though I really had mm-hmm. to go pee. I had to pee so fucking bad, but just being in there with the pressure of like, dude, you have to make some piss in this toilet or you might not get this job. They might know that they're like, we didn't even hear any pee in the toilet. It's just, you mm-hmm. just came out, filled that cup up and brought it out. That's pretty good. How'd you get that perfect amount of piss? Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm just panicking, like, please, for the love of God, just fucking pee, please. And then all of a sudden I hear her talking to someone else on the other side of the door. And I'm like, she's not even paying attention. Oh my God, she's not even paying attention. So I zip up my pants and I flush the toilet and I walk out and it was like, thank 
God, she just wasn't even paying attention. She wasn't listening for me. She wasn't, uh, but I hand it to her and it was a little shy and I'm sitting there like shaking, watching her with it. And she pours it into two other little things and takes it. And then she hands me the two little things and she says, um, she might've stuck something in it to measure the temperature, but I don't, I didn't see it. I was mm-hmm. just so like, I was literally shaking cause she hands me the little things to write on. And, uh, if she would have looked at my hand and my signature was just like shaking. And then, uh, that was, that was pretty much it. She, she, um, told, uh, she was like, okay, well that's it. You can, you and you can pass go now. Well, I, so then that was, then, then it was just three days of me waiting hopefully till Friday when the job called me. Cause they, whenever a job calls you after you take a test, they don't go, Hey, you passed. We want to hire you. They mm-hmm. just go, Hey, you're going to start on this date. That's mm-hmm. like, and if you go, Oh, I passed. They'll mm-hmm. be like, maybe you should go take it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, so, uh, thankfully yesterday it was around three o'clock and I got a call and they said, uh, yeah, so we'll see you at nine o'clock on, on Monday. So dude, yeah, it was a huge fucking relief. And, um, I told Brian that like I texted him after I left and, and it was funny because there was a buildup. Like I was texting him on my way there. I'm like, dude, I'm so nervous. This, this is, this is rough. And then when I, um, and then afterwards, of course I texted him. I was like, oh yeah. And, and your, your piss got all over my sack. Mm-hmm. Right. And dude, he thought that was the funniest shit in the world. But, um, dude, honestly, it's not the first time I've had Brian's piss on me. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's you guys, something else. I you fucking guys used realized. to party. Yeah, there was uh, definitely, there was a, and that was, he, he would sleep piss. He would uh, pass out drunk and then wake up and pee in places. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, thankfully, everything worked out. And I'm, uh, I, luck, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it lucked out or however it worked out. I'm very thankful, dude, because I definitely need this job. And um, it's not like I'm doing any crazy fucking hard drugs, man. It's 2020. Right. And you I, know, I, from, I think you told me this and... I heard some other people tell me this, that um, some jobs will test for a lot of things. And if you fail for weed, they don't care. Yeah. There's some jobs that can actually have like a discretion, like their discretion. Um, but for, our, I think most part, it's like insurance thing. So like they're, especially yeah. if there's heavy equipment. Or or like workers comp. And also to qualify for a drug-free workplace, you have to drug test every new hire or a percentage of new hires. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and obviously being a drug-free workplace gets you a, a new tax bracket like so you get a tax break well, sure. you, you don't get tax breaks but you to pursue Not certain tax. federal work so if i'm going to do a proposal for a city of sarasota to do wetland monitoring um you get extra points right or you might be required to be a drug-free workplace right so if you're bidding for the work you mean right so okay. you and i are exactly the same we get all the same points and i'm I got a, drug a bunch free. of weed heads over here yeah i'm a drug free you're not uh, i'll get the thing because right. they get extra three points and and i'm sure again it comes down to like when they're insuring the job site and everything mm-hmm. they want they uh the, that's what they require because if there's heavy machinery that's like it's part of the um it's just part of the thing which i i get it i get that but at the same time i think there there should be a little more discretion with with marijuana because mm-hmm. i can show up to work fucking drunk dude anyway Hello, everybody. This is a segment takeover. What? No. So my name is Justin Mitchell, and we're gonna we're gonna try a segment out. Hi, Justin. I think is gonna be great. Hello. And uh, if you guys like it, we're gonna keep doing it. Honestly, we're probably just gonna keep doing it. And just keep basically, doing what we're it. gonna do there's a website called Reddit, which is slowly becoming like Facebook. It's like a new social media, right? It used to be a little more fringe, and now it's very main mainstream. And one of the most popular subreddits or little communities is called Shower Thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
And these shower thoughts are just one sentence thoughts that someone might have in a shower. When you're yeah. just kind of washing your hair and you're like, huh. There's something about the shower something, that just yeah. opens up the mind. And so I'm going to pick one, the top one of the last week. Well, it's within the top three, okay. if I don't like the first couple. And uh, we're just going to kind of philosophize on it. Let's philosophize. Think about, we're going to have shower thoughts. So this week's shower thought is that there must be a lot of different types of toilets in the Star Wars universe. Huh. And yeah. you think about that. Like, you think about the cantina. Like, there's What's, a lot of different beings in there. And they've you, all got to shit in different ways. They all have to shit in different ways. Do you think the cantina has, like, a bunch of doors? Or they might just have, like, one door you go into and, like, a bunch of toilets in that door? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. And also, I was just thinking about maybe they just have a pit. And it's like, choose your own way. Like, if you got to hang off the side, if you got to hover, if you got to, you know. Yeah, they just have, like, yeah, like a big, big kind of pit. And they have, kind of have it set up. A like shit pit. Yeah, ship it, and they have like ropes for the people that need to like hang, or they might. Yeah, and then they have like little attachments, so you can like for the aliens that have to like directly attach, like almost like a catheter to their their genitals in a way. Or they have like some kind of um, some kind of contraption that's like a bed that lets them like kind of hang upside down because they got shit out the top of their head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where the butts are on all these other aliens. Yeah, this is something that I've I've never really considered before, but. There probably are. I mean, do you think that if your our bodies evolved in like zero gravity, our butthole might be behind our head? You mean like if you're if you're a species who's born into zero gravity? Yeah, like right. you, you evolve through like you're in zero gravity or much less gravity, like your butthole yeah. might be under, under your armpit. I'm also gonna say that if you were a species who were were kind of com- came into existence in zero gravity or low gravity situations, the projection force. Of mm-hmm. however you shit is probably much greater because yeah. it's like get this away from me. You would me. need to get you it know, away. Like, yeah. You know, like yeah, I don't, I don't want to be floating around with this. Like they would, they would most absolutely <gasps> have competition. Or maybe they have like membrane, right? And it like shits into like a bubble and then floats away. I want to yeah. hear about this competition though. But the competition is like, I mean, obviously, if there's some kind of force involved in your shit that gets it away, people mm-hmm. are not people, but things are naturally yeah. going to want to try to do it better than each other. Yeah. Right. Todd has such a great job mm-hmm. and he's so nice. Like he does whatever I want. He's really great. Todd's but, a great guy. Yeah. But Carl can shit like 40 yards. Yeah. That's like, like twice as girl, far as girl. Like 40 yards. Are you hearing this? And accurately. Yeah. It's like, bing. I mean, like he nails it and it's just like, I'm really into athletes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's like on their Wheaties box. Yeah. They got like a special, yeah, a special uniform that's just like basketball shorts with like a perfect hole in yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, we had like the transgender kind of movement that's so ongoing about like, you know, using whatever bathroom you want. And like, maybe we're going to have aliens come down in 20 years. And we're going to have to have the same conversation again. It's like, yeah. I ain't using the Zarkon shitter. No. You, I, I don't want my boy to see that. That's wrong. It's yeah. immoral. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Dude, that is um, that is great. I was talking that just the other day. Have you? Are you a squatty potty user? No, but I I I'm, I want one. Pat has been advocating for them for years. That well, he's Asian, so yeah. his squat to shit is uh, yeah. pretty uh, on point. The yeah, man, I it's it's like the they say that's like one of the driving reasons why there's like such a low instance of colon cancer in in Asian countries mm-hmm. like in India and stuff because they all squat to shit. And when you squat it, like actually opens your bowels more and lets everything out, so you don't have, uh, you know, what's the uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Feces? I don't know. Well, yeah, feces. It's like toxin, free, ra- like free, free radicals, radicals and yeah. toxins like just living in your ass like you're, you know, because you actually get it all out. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to think in America where it's like very high because we're all like not only is our diet low in fiber, but we also are shitting on toilets. So we're not bending all the way to like loosen our, our bowel is the instance of colon cancer less on people that are taller because their legs are a little longer, so they actually get more bend when they sit down on an average toilet. This is a great shower thought in itself. Is that a shower thought? So you're tall. It's a shit How's thought. your colon? I mean, it's okay. However, <laughs> there is, um, like, it runs on my mom's side. Uh, my grandmother had, like, half her ass removed, and then um, my mom's got some colon troubles. Like, it hurts her. She's actually going through some tests right now, and then my her brother actually has... Uh, colon cancer right now so they'll probably cut most of his ass out too jesus but um you know he also like told himself he was gonna get cancer and then of course he got it yeah he was he was dude he is such a whiny jew he just constantly like oh i'm i'm oh, i'm hurting i mean i'm gonna get cancer i'm dying like that and he was being earnest i'm gonna die i'm gonna get cancer he, he came and he lived here for like a, a month and i'll say this to his face i don't give a shit uh he's <laughs> <laughs> so don't think i'm talking shit about my uncle when he's not here um he, he lived here for like a year and bought a house and did some things and um, then moved back to California. But the whole time he was here, he kept telling everybody that, that he's going to get cancer and he's going to die. On top of that, he ate for most meals of the day a public sub, just like processed, nitrated meats pub and sub. then pub subs and just put that in his butt and then uh, was all hopped up on uh, ambience and stuff. So I'm sure he wasn't shitting normally and got cancer just like he told himself he would. If you had to get a ballpark, just before we close this segment out, mm-hmm. how many different toilets do you think in the in the Star Wars universe? I'm going to go out on a limb and say about about ten thousand. Ten thousand within the Star Wars get right, like you think the, the galaxy, mm-hmm. right? Like galaxy the, yeah, not the, not the outer rim or anything, you know, just like straight up the galaxy. I'm going to say there are probably ten thousand different. Because look at all those houses in the Senate, mm-hmm. you know. So there's ha- the, so for all the aliens. So is there ten thousand alien races? Um, no, I'm not. That was just a ballpark, but that's what I'm assuming, right. you know. I mean, that's a lot of different races. It's a lot of different toilets. I mean, but then again, we're talking about the size of a whole galaxy. I'm sure, you know who I bet who has thought about this? Who? Um, what's his name? The guy that made uh, Star Wars? George Lucas. George Lucas. Maybe we can just tweet at George Lucas and be like, hey, I mean, we have some really pertinent shit yeah. we need to know. Yeah, my head cannon is all fucked up. I need to know where they shit. Uh, yeah, what's what's the bathroom situation yeah. at the cantina? All right, look, so thank you for coming to Shower Thoughts. It's not always going to be shit-based, but honestly, I wouldn't be mad. So. I wouldn't be mad yeah, either. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Justin, for that. For that. Ed Talks. Ideas to have. Listen to the most visionary people explain their visions on the Ed stage, like Rance McGarvenstein, inventor of shit song. I hated cleaning my dog's shit up just as much as the next guy. But I noticed that my dog ate his shit. But he didn't eat every shit. So I thought to myself, why doesn't he eat every shit? Could it be the taste of the shit? So then it hit me. Maybe that shit needs a little salt. And then he'd eat every shit. Shit salt. What a concept. Get this complete Ed Talk and more at edtalks.com. Oh, dude, that is bad. I gotta get something different.
you got that nice cup. Anyway, so uh, we mentioned a couple times in there that um, about this. We went this. to a concert. We went to a concert. So, I mean, I've only been to like, uh, I think I told you it was a four concerts. Yes. Yeah, so I've only been to four concerts my whole my whole life. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can remember them. Okay, please do. Um, I know Flogging Molly. Yeah, that was... If I, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air about which one was my first one, but I believe that was my first one. And then there was uh, Madonna that you went with your sister. Yes. Um, but I don't... Uh, I don't remember the other two. So... Oh, maybe no. Now it's four. I think it was only three. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. So the uh, yeah, the other one is uh, Jurassic Five. Jurassic Five. That's what it was. Yeah. Which uh, Flogging Molly is my favorite band. It was like the first band as a kid that I like connected with, and Mm -hmm. I was like, because I grew up with two sisters, all I listened to was like In Sync and shit, and um, like mainstream kind of poppy stuff. So I was playing, uh, you know. Tony Hawk Pro Skater and yep. that's uh, how I was introduced to them. That's dude, yeah. that that game introduced a lot of people to a lot mm-hmm, of great music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's how I found out about Flogging Molly. And I just I connected very deeply with them, and then I I, li- I just listened to all their CDs at nauseum, and finally went to one of their shows. Anyway, uh, yeah. So when you last week, right after we were done recording, you're like, "Hey, uh, Monday, I'm going to be going to a show, and I'd love if you you went with me." Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fuck it, dude. It's not like I have work. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have anything going on. So, and I, I like, I love new experiences, mm-hmm. especially since, you know, I've more recently gotten into like metal. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm actually really upset. I'm not, I planned on today wearing the Plenty shirt. Oh, <laughs> right, right. So Plenty is one of the, one of the opening bandits. Yeah. P-L-I-N-I. Yes. Plenty. And it is uh, J-Man's like number one guitar inspiration like this yeah dude it's, is, it's gotta be mm-hmm. yeah and he's least, not like a, he's not like he's getting more famous um but it's not like he's um i, I don't know there's just i his the way he plays lead mm-hmm. is vocal you know what i mean like it's not like shreddy it's 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 expressive and like his idea of melody like i just watched a two-hour berkeley clinic where he didn't teach guitar, he like took questions and talked about how he perceives music, and he was talking about like his melody and hook structures and like how what goes into writing this stuff. So he and did this Berkeley clinic. Yeah, he just sat there for two hours and talked, and it was like presented by Berkeley. Fuck yeah, it was so awesome, man. So this guy is like he knows his shit. He's yeah. this guy is a musician, and and being there, it was it was really fucking awesome. But you, um, just as his set ended, I believe mm-hmm. you you left. And you wanted to go grab yourself a beer, and then oh, you, it was it was as the openers ended. as the opener. So yeah, because I, I mean the openers were good, um, but uh, were they like a local thing? That no, they no, had? no, they're they're pretty popular. Um, oh yeah, well, you know, le- least popular than the other two people playing, but um, they're just not you know my my favorite, and I, I knew I didn't want to miss uh, Plenty and uh, Periphery, and yeah. uh, I knew that the line for the shop would be really because I tried to go buy us shirts earlier on and the line was like almost out the door to buy shirts so i was like well i'll just roll the dice maybe they won't have one of my size and i went and i bought uh i you know i brought my buddy john as well um and uh i went and bought his shirts while yeah and when you came back dude i was pleasantly surprised like fuck yeah dude and there was a stranger in the crowd standing next to us like you gave Mm -hmm. you gave us the shirts we were everything settled for a few minutes and then all of a sudden i i heard him go hey man and I turned around, and I saw him like nudging you, and he goes, "Did you just buy your friends' uh, shirts?" Yeah. 
and you're like, yeah. I don't. I didn't hear exactly what you said, but I know you were like, yeah. And then what? What did you say? He was like, um, yeah. I actually, I said, uh, uh, I said, yeah. They're they're like, I was like, you know, they're my two best friends, you know. And yeah. and he said, um, uh, he's like, dude, I'm gonna write on. I'm gonna write about this on Facebook. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes. I just saw that shit, and he was like, that's all. He was like, <clears throat> what was weird is the way he was talking and mm-hmm. his energy level and enthusiasm about that which to me was just uh, a very small gesture you know yeah. it, it doesn't really matter um you would have thought he was drunk but he was specifically not drunk he was boycotting the cost of beer so yeah he might <laughs> have been high like, fuck this shit yeah. eight dollars a beer mm-hmm. unless he maybe he had like a, a tampon full of vodka mm-hmm. stuffed up his butt he may have yeah but he i saw him dude that same guy <laughs> was in the mosh pit the entire time yeah with his cell phone. No, no, no. It was a video. different. Were there two people videoing? No, it was just. I thought it was that guy. Unless no, they looked exactly guy. like they, they look, both had. It was a metal show. They look okay. the same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 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 It was a different guy. It was a different guy. Okay. Because but that that guy, guy did. The guy had a that that mentioned the shirts had a cutoff t shirt, and the guy who was filming, I remember him having a longer sleeve t shirt. Okay. Yeah. So that guy, there was this guy in the mosh pit, mm-hmm. and who was video recording up above his head. Mm-hmm the show while in the mosh pit. Yeah. I'm like, bro. <laughs> well, and he was also like filming different people in the mosh pit, like in between the songs and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a fun video to watch. It's I wish I could a, find it. Oh, I should look up on YouTube. Just like t- hashtags the, the mm-hmm. yeah, you might be able to find it. The, um, but, and then maybe you can find that guy's post about, you know, there's so still goodness in the world. <laughs> I went to a metal show uh, but yeah, so the first two bands were both instrumental. There was no vocals, mm-hmm. uh, but they were like slick metal yeah. bands. Like they were very, very good. They're more melodic than yeah. Some it, of the I would it, it falls into um, what they would call like prog, like progressive metal. Mm-hmm. So no vocals, interesting time signatures. Um, it gets heavy sometimes, but if you notice, there was only one very brief breakdown and a mosh pit in the first band and there were no mosh pits in plenty his songs like even when they riff they don't like they don't elicit that like heavy heavy thing it's more like head nod like let's right. get down you know and um uh and then periphery had mosh pits the whole time yeah yeah so <laughs> it was, was like that was fucking there brutal. was one break one breakdown and it was like that first band right mm-hmm. like their last song had that one breakdown mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you just saw a couple people start moving, and then that the security guard just fucking up, teleported, appeared. Mm-hmm. This man was taller than than me. He had to be like six four, six five. Easy, easy, yeah. And all three of us did not see him at all. Well, because he pushed. I feel like he pushed between us because I got pushed out of the way by him. Yeah, I got yeah. pushed out of the way, but I. It just felt like he came from really far left. He just like weaved yeah. through a crowd and like just. As soon as there was like any hint of somebody like the sway of like a mosh pit maybe starting, mm-hmm. this guy it was like fucking blood in the water, dude. This mm-hmm. this security guard was immediately up in our shit, like just threw us back and pushed all of them forward. So that was mm-hmm. like his whole thing. Like that's what mm-hmm. he was doing. So anytime people were moshing, he would just stand on the edge to make sure it was contained. Like mm-hmm. you want to mosh, you can mosh over there, dude. People would get close to me and just fucking bench him mm-hmm. and show him. So, dude, yeah, that was. My first, I didn't mosh, mm-hmm. but you know, when periphery started, like you said, mm-hmm. you, uh, it, you, you didn't, you didn't skip a beat. No, I was, I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cause I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, is he going to mosh? And I was like, ah, I'm, you know, he might like run in there at some point, but dude was like, as soon as the music started, I turned and you and you like ran th- between <laughs> us and you're like, yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, dude, it looked 
So how many like metal shows would you say you've been to? Like how, how many times have you like moshed? Um, more than a dozen, but less than two dozen. Okay. You know, so actually not that much. Um, uh, I used to go to a lot of like punk and hardcore shows when I was younger. And I actually don't like to mosh in those mosh pits because um, <laughs> they do a lot of like what they call dancing yeah. and they're like kicking their legs and swinging their hands. And you've talked about people breaking their hands, hitting people on accident or, or on like, purpose. Or like on a purpose. lot of times they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll do it as like a, a way to hide it. I, I equated it to um, capoeira, like Brazilian dance. Fighting. Yeah. Like if you look at them, Oh yeah, they're dancing, but really yeah. there's people out there for blood. So definitely more than a dozen, but less than two dozen. So I, I well, you knew what you were fucking doing, man. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I think you, I've heard you explain your, the technique before. Like, we talked about it on, on another podcast, on another yeah. podcast, mm-hmm. another, another episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep your shoulders, your elbows in, mm-hmm. keep your base low and just yeah. kind of like bump into each other with, uh, it seems like, you know, most people had that, that technique. And then there's two types of people I've noticed that are, are maging at shows. And there's the people that show up to like actually jump in the pit and be thrown around to do the mm-hmm. whole thing. And then there's people that get really excited about just being the wall, just being like the yeah. enforcers. Like they just want to stand right on the edge. Yep. And anytime they don't want to be in there, but anytime somebody gets close, they want to keep everybody in center yeah and a lot of times those are like guys who are a little older and they don't really feel like doing it anymore and it helps because as you're moving in a circle they push they keep that energy going you know yeah so that the, the um and it was good the one thing that i loved the most was like you you know you make friends in the mosh pit and mm-hmm. it's very cathartic but there was this girl in there she is hard to determine her age i wouldn't be surprised if she was 16 but i also wouldn't be surprised if she was in her early 20s it was very difficult yeah um but she was very small Right. And so she had like high mosh IQ as far <laughs> as like knowing who was safe and who wasn't. And yeah. you would watch her. She would like come out of nowhere and like slam into me and smile and then like duck under a bunch of other people. And yeah. you know, she was very I aware. I think I of, know who you're talking about. I could have, sw- I thought there was a couple of times I thought that was a dude. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, but it could I, be I either could see way. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, it was like a curly hair. Ponytail. Like yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a couple times I was like, Oh, that, that person's going to get hurt. And then yeah. I looked a little closer. I was like, is that a guy? Yeah. Couldn't tell. But either way it was, um, yeah. And sorry, I didn't mean to, to, Oh, it's fine. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it was fun, you know, and, um, um, just kind of bouncing around. And there were some times where, uh, I got tired honestly. And, and I would, I, I would go to the wall and like, and just, just kind of help catch my breath and stuff. But um, you worked up a good sweat, man. I was very fucking sweaty, <laughs> yeah. So what was funny is I'm going to tell you, the listeners, I'm yeah. going to tell you a weird thing that happened to me. I always try to make friends with the bouncers. Uh, and I also always wear the same red Bucky's t-shirt. Yeah. So it's bright red. Legendary. It's got a beaver on it. You know, people notice it. Tell people what Bucky's is because I think Oh, Bucky's very... is like an institution. If you've, if you've ever driven through or lived in Texas, you know what Bucky's is. And a lot of metal shows... Um, they tour, right? So they've been to Texas. So it's a good way to meet like the roadies or even the band members, you know, and it's, um, it's just, it's a good way to meet people. But also I wear it because in a sea of black, I have a big red shirt. And when you make friends with bouncers, their other goal is that if someone falls down to help them up. So making friends with the bouncers, wearing a bright red shirt, it's a safety thing for me, you know, it is, yeah. people are going to notice. W- yeah. We definitely made fa- friends with the bouncers. So there he is. Isaiah just Googled it. It's a, a goofy buck tooth beaver with a red uh, baseball cap with his ears poking through. And you explained it as a Walmart made love with the Wawa's because it's like a yeah. massive gas station. Look super at that. Store. Yeah. Look at some of these, these photos. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, so anyways, 
I, I like I said, I make friends with the bouncers, and at one point a, a breakdown ends, and the, <clears throat> the lights are a little brighter, and uh, this bouncer turns to me, and he gives me a thumb. I, I'm gonna fuck up the order. Of yeah, things, just but, please, but yeah, basically, yeah, we'll, he's oh. he. From what I remember, he gives me a thumbs up, and he goes, "You're good, dude," and then he daps me. And I had no idea. I was like, man, I must be like really good at moshing. Like, you know, mosh. like, I don't know what, right. I, I, that's a joke. I didn't actually think that, but. But I mean, what do you think? Like, yeah, why is he, why would why he say you're, he? and the, it was reassuring, like, you're good, dude, you know? Right. And then, at, and then we were just standing there and he was like, this is some good shit. And it was just funny. We had like this moment and then I went back and moshed and everything. And then Isaiah, later, will you tell the people why he probably said that? Yeah. So there was uh, these two, I mean, I don't want to put anybody into any kind of uh any kind of hole but uh, trashy Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. right and uh they were there with their their boyfriends uh but their boyfriends were like maging Mm -hmm. so they were right on the edge and they weren't they would get in the pit every now and then yeah and i think it was like just because it would get too intense so when they got pushed like so when the the mosh would come too close to them it would push them back so then the people behind them would then be the enforcers and push everybody in. So like, mm-hmm. but they, you could tell that that was like their, their thing. Like we go, we go and we just stand on the edge and our boyfriends are in there and we're just going to stand on the edge and mm-hmm. keep everybody in. And it, you could also seem that they were, they were just uh, like ready for some, for, for, for some drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point I noticed one of them turning. So it was this girl with black hair and this girl with blonde hair and she's turned to the other one. She's, and I can't hear anything, but I can see her pointing at you. So, I couldn't really see like what they were talking about, but I could just tell they kept pointing at you. And then every time you came close, they would look at each other and be like, see, this is the motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. what, what the fuck are you doing? Did you were doing the same thing that everyone did? Probably even better and probably in like a, 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 a safer, more experienced way. Sure. But then, and also because I'm a pussy. So like my 100% goal in a mosh pit is to be safe. Don't, don't hurt me. Yeah, seriously. There's not, a, and I, I know it's like probably not cool to admit, but like there's not a point in a mosh pit where I'm not like a little anxious, you know, I think it's, that's like there's a lot it, going on. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure the music and everything and yeah. the, the experience is like, what's, what's doing it. Mm-hmm. But the, um, but yeah, then she went to the bouncer who was also standing on the, the other side. He was a shorter guy that was bald. And she started talking to him like intimately and kept pointing at you like this, this guy, this guy. And then like, she talked to him for a while and I was like, really distracting him from his work. And also we're at a concert, like yeah. listen to the fucking music. Yeah, exactly. And then she, uh, and then, uh, at one point I saw the, her taking a picture with the bouncer mm-hmm. and then it was a few minutes later, he, he like pulled you aside. And right. When so, he, uh, so we kind of surmised that maybe they were trying to get us kicked out right or me kicked out and then that was him affirming like i was he thought i was aware of the situation you were had no idea yeah. so when yeah. he told you you're good dude and dabbed you it was um you were like i have no idea what the fuck's going on i'm you were a part of a conflict you were on <laughs> and um but yeah even her boyfriend ended up like hugging you at the end this big that big that's black right guy. yeah yeah and um uh, and I, again i didn't know that that was her boyfriend i didn't even know any of this was going on um but we had made friends in the pit and uh yeah he he gave me like one of those like uh handshake to close handshake hug combo yeah, and then like three probably regretted it immediately because yeah. i was sopping wet you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then uh but then i saw him leave with those two girls and then isaiah filled me in in the car on uh on what was yeah. going down i'm glad i was able to be a wallflower on that and, and kind of give yeah. that experience but dude I, I like the difference between the two um bouncers the mm-hmm. bald guy at one point you said was like bobbing his head yeah like, this, some this good is good shit. shit dude the other guy that tall one that we were first mm-hmm. talking about I didn't see him react to the fact that there was music around him once the whole time. Not once did he 
lose his cool and start like buying. Right. He was just constantly on lookout. Dude, he was a fucking hawk. He was a hawk, and and I saw him like he would disappear, kick people out, and come back in a flash. Like it was crazy. And um, but he, he was put a, one guy in a rear naked choke. Yeah, remember I was talking that. about hardcore dancing. Mm-hmm. And one kid started trying to do hardcore dancing. He literally picked. He's six four, leaned down and picked this dude up with a rear naked choke, and the dude just like softly tapped his arm to be like, "I'm cool, I'm man. Good. I'm I done. never saw that guy the rest of the night. He didn't get kicked out, but I think he was just so embarrassed. He was he's like, like, all right, I I'm, think we go sit back in the yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were. Uh, although I did hear between uh, between bands, they started playing. Um, some Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and I did see him start yeah. losing his cool and bobbing yeah. his head a little bit to that and I'm like okay so that's what you're into but um, I wanted to bring this up to you when uh, Plenty started playing mm-hmm. and they came out did you happen to see him like staring into the crowd and at one point flip flip off yes Who was? yeah so I'm 90% sure that that was a- it might have been after their first song that he did that or- yeah so yeah, I saw so- him during the first time staring yeah and then it was into the second song he was continued to stare and then f- and then yeah so and that was on the frets so my um my like musician experience okay what I'm assuming is that he was um asking for more of something in his the, in-ear monitor right so he was saying i can't hear myself or i can't hear my bassist or whatever they were communicating and um he probably had a good rapport with whoever was running sound and that was his I, way I, of yeah. turn it up okay yeah i well i think it was like you know the way because i can't see what's going on behind me but like if i were in that situation i would assume that he let's and, and this is all just speculation but okay. like let's say he said uh he was trying to communicate i can't hear my guitar and then the guy like turned up the bass and he was, and he like, was like, come on, man, like, I don't, it's a shit. So yeah. I think that they were playing around okay. and I think that it's likely it was in-house sound, right? A lot of places run that, but it's also likely that they had someone on tour who was running the in-house sound. So it's probably just his buddy. And he's like, dude, fuck you, man. Like yeah. up. And I think uh, he was using the middle finger, like turn it, turn up, it up and also fuck you kind of jovially. Okay. Cause I'm standing there and I thought, cause the sound people usually are like front and center. They mm-hmm. set up like around so they get the, they can hear it true and uh so we were we were standing just a bit in front of that Mm -hmm. and i kept looking at his line of sight and trying to see i was like so that's what i thought i was like you see work he's looking at the sound guys right and i kept turning around and looking at you and the sound guys but it dude it it really didn't look like he was looking at them yeah if it didn't look like i was trying to follow his line of sight and it looked like he was looking directly in our direction it could have been like directly. There, okay, here's us. the thing. Actually, um, I I made eye contact with with him a lot during the set. Actually, uh, right. And um, I don't know what that was about. And actually, it was like there were a few times where it was uncomfortable for me because right. uh, I was thinking to myself, "Is he staring at me? Right. Or is he staring? Yeah." So I think that um, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he wasn't making eye contact right. with me during those times I thought he was maybe he's looking past me but there were some times where I felt like uh, we were staring into each other's souls Turning he, to his t- he was to transmitting he. some guitar knowledge to me yeah cause you know the thing is you know the subtleties of someone's eye movement and where they're looking like we can we're pretty aware of it like mm-hmm. we're pretty good at, at, at looking at it now of course there was some distance between us and him and, and he totally could have but it dude it really seemed like he was just and, and I thought I was like, because I was, you and I were standing, you had a red shirt, I had a white shirt with red sleeves. Mm-hmm. Everyone else around us is like wearing black shirts. Yeah. And we're like kind of standing out 
and I, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't think I necessarily look like the kind of person that's usually at a show. And I'm just standing there, like staring at his guitar and staring at what he's doing, and then like looking up, and I'm like, is he fucking mugging me? Yeah. Is he looking at me? Is he mad that I'm like watching him play and like? No, really he's definitely not mad for sure. And then he flipped me off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he flipped you look, off. The world does not revolve around you, is it? Okay. And I, I, I really hope that he wasn't making. I, I don't think he flicked flicked us off. But if he did. I don't know. I mean, take it. there's this really small part of me that's like, but just because of how many times I've run into strangers that tell me I look familiar to them, like it, it's, there was just this, this, I guess, um, this part of me that thinks everything revolves around me. So when he was looking at me, I was like, does he think he knows me? Right. Does he think like I look familiar and yeah. that like he, like I'm a friend of his or something and he's trying to figure it out. And then he flipped, like put the finger on him. I'm like, I don't know. What's going on, man? Maybe. Or, he, or maybe he's just like sees some bro kind of dude at his show and is like, you like no, this music? he's not like that. No, I don't, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I definitely felt interviews. like it was a playful middle yeah, finger. Yeah, for sure. That's the, I, that's the one thing yeah. I can absolutely vouch for is it was, he would, he didn't mean any ill intent with, the, yeah. with that middle finger. I know that. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> anyway, dude, it was, I can't thank you enough. I wanted to wear the shirt that you, you got us. Mm-hmm. In fact, I wore it uh, like on Wednesday I wore it mm-hmm. and I was actually here like cleaning up and dude I, I, I got kind of sweaty and the sweats made the um the shirt bleed a little bit like the color so I was like damn I gotta wash this before wearing yeah. it again because I totally wanted to wear it because I like that shirt it's a, yeah I love how it fits it's a weird it's a cool design shirt. it's like a, a ram on a mountain and it's all pink and vaporwave looking yeah and, and I think the ram has like three eyes yeah it's got a little eye in the center yeah dude mm-hmm. I that that show even though i had no idea who the bands were i loved every one of the bands and the last one their vocals weren't really my thing it was a little too yeah. much teen angst for me Me too like, it was me too, too much of that like whiny yeah, whiny like the the music is really hardcore when i listen to music that's like like that it it builds anger in me mm-hmm. and it feels good and i like that uh that's like why i go to that music is to get pumped and angry so like i i prefer vocals that are more like fit that not like yeah, and, I'm gonna hit. right and yeah. i think that you, you guys will remember on the way up there i said that uh periphery is not one of my favorites specifically right. because of the vocalist you know yeah but, but uh, misha mansour and uh, mark holcomb who play guitar in the band are some of the best guitarists in the industry right now and uh, i can't remember their drummers or their ba- uh well nolly get good they didn't have a bassist on this tour um nolly get good was their bass player which ironically Misha has said in interviews that he was the best guitar player in periphery because like he's that good, but he just happened to play bass in that wow. band. And, uh, it was like, you know, Misha makes jokes about the best guitarist in periphery was the bassist. Was and, the bassist. And the drummer is also very, very good, obviously. But yeah. Um, so let me ask you, was the drummer in plenty in periphery? I couldn't figure that out. I even tried I thought to, it was the same. It looks like the same fucking guy. I think that for that show normally, no, uh, but I think for that show or maybe this tour, he was playing. Yeah, the drummer yeah. in Plenty mm-hmm. came out and played like rhythm guitar in Periphery. Yeah, I think that might have been the case. Yeah, because Mark Holcomb is also not on tour with them also. So I yeah. think that they had a lot of fill-ins this looked, tour. Yeah, same guy, the same haircut, mm-hmm. same beard, black mm-hmm. shirt. And um, then he made that comment about the, the drummer, yeah. Periphery drummer. Yeah. Dude, he, honestly, the breakdown and everything he did at that, like, I liked his drumming mm-hmm. 
more than I liked the drummer in Periphery. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, he his, did such he a good was job. really fucking yeah, good. I was like, holy shit. Job, yeah. and then he goes into Periphery and he's like, nah, I'm going to play this. Yeah, and then he's like, like also, I'm the greatest guitar player. You know? Like, yeah. Dude, yeah, I it just got me super jazzed to then want to go to my own, not my own, but go to a, 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 a concert, a metal concert of a band that I know. Right. I would, I'm, I'm going to look like. Hopefully, if I can make it happen, if they ever come close, fucking a modern Marth yeah, would be. Yeah, and you know, the thing that sucks is that they usually only play festivals in the United States. They yeah. usually tour Europe because yeah, they, they're it's, you know, yeah. Scandinavian. And I I've think. seen, in yeah, when they do, if it, if it isn't like uh, just a festival, it's just like only major, major cities, mm-hmm. like on one coast. Like they'll, yeah. they'll show up and play like Seattle and fucking LA and, yep. Then, yep. and then dip, you know? Yep. But dude, I'm... If we, if I can find it, because I don't really know too many other metal bands, but uh, even the next time I we, we go to some metal band that's a little more known, I want to try to listen to the music and get familiar with it so that yeah. I can really get into it. But dude, I was into it. I fucking loved it, and I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thanks for coming. It was fun. Fuck yeah, dude. Metal shows are the shit. Welcome to Brain Drain, the latest innovation in memory storing. Last year, our leading mind scientist made a breakthrough in brain recording. This new cutting-edge mind technology allows us to pull every precious memory from your mind and store it for all to enjoy when you are finally dead. Come to our state-of-the-art facility and sign up for the marginally invasive procedure, lasting no longer than the time it takes you to read your favorite Stephen King novel. Have peace of mind knowing the story of how you saved Bobby using the Heimlich at Thanksgiving in 1988 will be told every year and not forgotten with the rest of you. Your family will spend hours poring over the easy to store and share 500 tape VHS box set containing every last experience from your whole life. Visit our Toledo storefront located in the strip mall with Super Weed Mart. Brain drain is not responsible for any information discovered by a loved one that may be unsavory. Your husband cheated on you and marry not us. Side effect may include feeling as if your true soul was trapped on 40,000 feet of magnetic tape. We're not liable for any other side effects yet unknown. Brain Drain, a Popco brand. Every week with this shit, we're just gonna show up every fucking week. Yep. Play my games at this arcade. Play your games at the arcade. Yeah, man. I don't need quarters. I got this thing on a rope. I ching, pull it right back out. I don't think you should tell me that. What? What do you mean? I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. I give me the give me the rope. All right. <laughs> also, we're out of Mountain Dews. No, you got code red. <laughs> yes, that's what I meant when I said. Do you think I went regular? Do you think I meant regular Mountain Dew? Well, I was just hoping. Listen, well, we don't code why red. Would any arcade carry it's only code red. Yeah, even the water is code red. Red in the bathroom is what you wash your hands <laughs> right. with. In the toilet, everything. All right, is code all right, all right. It's arcade. This is the arcade, the Apple Arcade. It's uh, the Apple Arcade is is uh, the Netflix of, of mobile games. Yeah, and that is stylized capital A, capital R, capital C, and then the number eight R. No, no, no. Arcade. Take away the A. Capital R, capital C, then the number eight Arcade. Arcade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exactly how it mm-hmm. is. All right. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> think Apple is going to like that. So uh, each week we uh, tell you to play a game. We play that game throughout the week. We come back and we talk about it, just mm-hmm. like the Millennial Book Club, only with these mobile games. Uh, this week was Guildlings. That's the game we ended up playing this week. Let me read the little uh, blurb here. Uh, 
Oh, come on. About guildlings. Uh, the, this, uh, this is Guildlings, a new story-driven episodic adventure brought to you by Ashel, Asher Volmer, maker of threes. IGF award-winning Jamie. Okay, I don't know these fucking people. Um, anyways, you'll climb through dark tunnels to reach mystical mountain temples. You, uh, you'll match wits with goblins, ghosts, sentiment, coffee makers. You might even save the world from tearing itself apart. Now, let me just apologize, guys. I picked this game because it's outside of, like, just looking at it. I was mm-hmm. like, this is kind of outside of the thing that I might do. But it also looks like it could be pretty interesting. I um, actually had high hopes. Yeah. Uh, my hopes were were that of this would just at least be something I could, like, be surprised with. Yeah, I thought it might end up being a turn-based party RPG, which it sort of tries to be. It is, in, like, this really, really loose definition kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I want to apologize to everybody that played it mm-hmm. because it sucked. Really? I loved it. Did you? No, God, no. Are you kidding okay. me? I got to the point where you beat the fridge, mm-hmm. which is like, I just wanted to see if the combat, what the combat was like. Mm-hmm. So maybe I played a half hour. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't like it. I got through a decent amount. So I got out of the house and then you go to what they call Makeout Mountain and you I am so glad I didn't get that far. Well, the mountain's got some other or make out temple and it's got a different name, but the the sister is trying to meet her boyfriend up there. And so that's like your first quest is get your sister to this boyfriend that's waiting for her. Um so this is the the, the basis of the game. You live on this island. I've got this group of friends. It's in some weird kind of magical reality. Mm-hmm. And um you don't have a cell phone, but you're given one. And it's this magical tome, mm-hmm. so like that. That's the name of the, the cell phone. Is it's actually a really, really clever, cool idea. I think it's really cool. I think it had a lot of potential. I and think it was. Just, a, I almost hesitate to say that it was a poor execution. I think it was just not for me. Right. You know, it's like geared towards younger players. And yeah. I think that um, the puzzles were way too simple. Yeah. The and I, I didn't get super far. Maybe it gets harder. The puzzles were too simple. The combat was too simple. Um, so I want to say it was a poor execution, um, right. but that's also through the lens of somebody who plays like very difficult games and enjoys right. a challenge, you know? So, right. And that's what I, that's what I found myself thinking the whole time. I was like, this game just isn't for the typical video gamer. And what I, it's so, so you're, you get this phone, you turn it on and then it essentially sucks you out and turns you into like a wisp, but like this little floating gem like in sims mm-hmm. and now you're the guild leader and uh you have these weird powers you can do some things but you're also you have to recruit your uh recruit people and build like a little guild mm-hmm. and then go through and and um go, go on, on adventure go on an adventure so and and when it says story driven it's ex- most of the game is text reading oh it's my a God. lot of like yeah. you're having conversations with your sister and then everything is based around mood so all the people that you make friends with, when it comes time for you to choose how to talk to them, like choose like what to say, your answers have a chance to affect their mood either. Um, and when you affect their mood in good ways, they, they get, uh, they like you more. And that bar, that's how you make them level up. Right. And they also have access to different abilities when they're in a good mood and they can't use them yeah. if they're in a grumpy mood. Exactly. In grumpy. Fact, and, and grumpy. And in fact, uh, you can only use, like even each person has like a specific mood. So like the sister... She can be in a calm mood, but she can't use her ability. She has to be in a cool mood, mm-hmm. a mood with like the sunglasses on, mm-hmm. and then she can use her ability. And um, 
her ability is making things it's called like it's like animate or something she just makes inanimate objects come to life mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool like so you'll encounter a log that's blocking your way and then she, if she's in that good mood she can animate it and it like gets out of the way um but yeah dude the the combat was like it wasn't combat no it was like mood battling mm-hmm. like you would get you would be faced with like this monster and it would do things that would change your mood and affect your mood and you had to like do things to it to like change your mood. You could charge your phone, which yeah. is like a whole thing. Like having a charge on your phone is, uh, yeah, you're trying to keep your phone charged the whole time. It was, again, all these little things that sound like it could make it really good, but then it was yeah. just kind of, eh. Well, I'll tell you, my takeaway is very short and simple. Okay. It's that this is a game that because of the amount of reading that's involved and the amount of attention that it demands mm-hmm. uh it needs to be in the binge it category but it was not engaging enough for me to put it there right i'm not going to sit on my couch and play this game no you know yeah it's not something you can just turn on and take a quick shit because mm-hmm. some of the you might get locked into a conversation that's going to take 10 minutes 10 minutes just talking to somebody and and then not really progress anywhere in the mm-hmm. actual game and it's um it just, yeah, it just didn't really seem like a, a game, really. It doesn't seem like there was much of a challenge. Like, you were kind of guiding these people through and making choices, but it really feels like it could be for somebody, like, maybe, like, a, a teenager or someone who isn't really into games but just wants to f- have a story mm-hmm. told to them or something, and it is geared more towards, like, a high school age because of all the things that you're encountering and stuff. So maybe maybe we're just too old. We're old dudes, and it's not um, not for us. But I I definitely uh, I mean if you tried it and you experienced it, I mean tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. You can always call in to, um, you know, our show and leave a message at seven zero six two hundred one two one three or or write in uh, roadsodamail at gmail dot com and tell us what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you played it and you're like, well, it sucks for me, but maybe my kid will really like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you never know. It was, I just, I loved the art. I loved all that kind of stuff. Like, it just seemed like it was going to be a, something cool. But, um, yeah, it wasn't. So, you picked next week's game. And next week's game is, uh, if you want to, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <clears throat> next week on the arcade, we play a tone, stylized in all caps with a colon, Heart of the Elder Tree. Ooh, sounds mythical. The gods have abandoned Mid- Midgard. Once a prosperous land teeming with mythical beasts and beings, it now rots from the inside, tainted by unknown forces. Odin's chosen guardians of the realm are gone. In their absence, the sacred elder tree they swore to protect is exposed to abuse and manipulation. Now, the only remnants of hope reside in Estera. Sorry, Estra. Estra. The daughter of mankind's great leader. All right, so basically from what I'm getting interactive story we got puzzles and we got combat all right so it's okay. uh you know does uh, it call it like an rpg or something it, it's it, from what i understand the combat is is similar to like a guitar hero game it's the combat is all huh. rhythm based right interesting yeah so there are puzzles and there's rhythm based combat interesting it's story driven which is a hot word i'm learning so uh yeah we'll see what it's like we'll play it and i'll let you know next week how much i hate it Yeah, I'm looking forward to hating it. (laughs) Definitely. Hey, Dave, can I talk to you for a minute? What's going on? I was driving to work and I hit a bum. He's dead. I panicked and I put him in the trunk of my car. Now I don't know what to do. That's a no-brainer. 
Just check into a Motel 9. How is staying in a motel gonna help me? It's not just a motel. It's a Motel 9. You know, they'll close the blinds for you. At Motel 9, discretion is our obsession. With unstable floors and soundproof walls, no one hears a thing. And none of the staff speaks a lick of English. And our unique wide pipe plumbing can handle 10 pound load flushes. You can make anything disappear 10 easy pounds at a time. Like your neighbor's Shih Tzu or a stripper. At Motel 9, you can rest easy. We'll close the blinds for you. Hey, Bill, uh, can I show you something in my trunk? Hourly and nightly rates starting at $25. And here we are with the Miraculous Baritone Choir, folks, fresh off the boat from Norway. <laughs> You've never heard anything like this in your life. Mm -hmm. When's last have you have, when's the last time you've heard the miraculous baritone choir never a lot of choirs always have like those other ranges it's like no. i just want to hear the low it's all baritones and it's not even just like they have a tenor and then the bar it's just they use all uh actual baritones mm -hmm. isn't that an instrument yes yeah that's all they use yeah i don't think it is but i want it to be it's very loud <laughs> <laughs> uh this is the millennial book club Thank you for joining us on this uh, great segment, the MBC, everybody. I'm looking forward to the day when I can just always call it the MBC and everyone just knows what we're talking about. Yep. But um, it's the Millennial Book Club and uh, where we just watch Netflix originals. Don't worry, there's no reading involved. We would never, ever read. I wouldn't subject you to that. We would never. And uh, so this is just, we. all we're doing is we're watching Netflix originals and we come back and we talk about them. This week, we were watching Lock and key whoops i brought my phone uh so yeah lock and key is uh is a is a nice netflix original and it's um it's geared more towards i'm kind of just killing time while i can kind of uh while i can look up the little uh wikipedia blurb on it but as I as I bring it up, it says uh, what it actually does say is Lock and Key is an American comic book series written by uh, Joe Hill, illustrated by Gabriel Rodriguez, and published by IW Publishing. Now, when last week I told you I was like it's written by the son of Stephen King, right? I was almost positive that it was, like almost one hundred percent positive because there is a um, but it's not. It might have just been when I saw the first uh, book like at uh, Barnes and Noble when I picked it up, there mm -hmm. might've been a Ford by Stephen King's son, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but I was almost, I was almost positive it was, but either way it's geared towards like a younger group. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, um, you know, not really like, like mid teens, mid, mid teens. I would say like older teens. Cause there's definitely some, but it's, it's a lot of like we're in high school and we're dealing with like high school stuff while right. this crazy things are going on. Um, let me find the actual following their father's murder. Three siblings move into a house filled with reality bending keys from the comics by Joe, uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. So right. uh, how much did you watch? I watched two episodes. Okay. Me too. I fact, I think I watched like many, many more cause I paid attention mostly to two episodes. Yeah. And then after that it just kept playing and I was like, that's background noise. Right. Um, what'd you think? Um, it's pretty good. 
I, I don't know if Mandy and I are going to finish it. I okay, think we're so gonna, you guys were watching it together? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I try to involve Mandy in the Millennial Book Club. I tell her to write in and call in, but she's not, she won't. Well, hey, man, if she can write in through you, that would be great. If, if she can tell you, like, hey, we should watch this next week. So I think that um, the pacing for the first episode was kind of slow, which is okay. That's typical. Mm-hmm. World building or whatever, character development. Um, the actors are... Uh, okay but it was like very clear that they were acting you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so that was kind of like difficult i found it difficult to get immersed sometimes coming off of dracula it's kind of yeah it's absolutely great, great, great acting and um i think uh you know the one character that i really did like was the echo in the well like that witch that was going to be in the well right but then when she comes out of the well i was like i don't like you anymore you know yeah now that you're yeah out and out in the light of day and you're yeah. like a regular lady. i thought it was going to be like dark you know like yeah. she's she's in the well because of like you know well anyway so i um i don't know if we're going to keep watching it uh i think it was definitely geared towards an audience that was younger than me mm-hmm. and uh i think that they did some they did some cool things as far as like making it um what am i trying to say like science fictiony you know and like otherworldly and uh magical you know right um but like i said i think it was geared the the show is geared for an audience younger than me um and uh the acting it was hard to get immersed in so i i think this might be one of the first millennial book clubs i was just not not really that stoked no, on yeah i wasn't super stoked on it either i mean it was good enough to just get through the the two episodes mm-hmm. um and yeah the um Eventually, I've kind of noticed the, the the witch lady. She, even though she looks like a normal lady, she does do some horrific shit. There's one part where she kills a kid, just like point blank. Oh yeah, she chokes him. Um, oh it, no, that did, was a man. Did yeah, you yeah. see the? Yeah, she chokes that man. She's always. It, it, I don't know if it ever explains why she's only f- like shoving like donuts and shit down her mouth. No, like every time you see her eating, a lot she's of just sweets. Like, yeah, a lot of sweets. It's really weird. Um, but she. Also, like, uh, so yeah, they're they're in this. As it says, their father uh, passes away, and their father is from this town called Matheson, which mm-hmm. I somewhere in the northeast. Mm-hmm. And after he dies, they all want to go back to the house that he grew up in, which is like this massive mansion called. Uh-huh. So their their last name is Locke, and they're like their family is well known in that town. Like everybody knows this family, even though they've left and they've been gone for a long. Everyone knows them, so they come back, and the kids are all known and everyone knows that their dad died and everyone knows that their house is called key house and that's like this haunted ass fucking place where crazy shit happens mm-hmm. and uh yeah they ended up the littlest kid ends up finding these keys because he hears like these whispers and he keeps following it until it gets louder and louder mm-hmm. and he finds a key and he doesn't know what these keys are and that witch ends up telling him these keys can do magical things there's a key that lets you go anywhere in the world mm-hmm. right and he finds that key because it's attached to a bracelet that his father gave to his sister. Right. So he breaks that key and then he goes and he tests it. He goes, I want some ice cream. And then he puts it in a, in a door in her bedroom and goes through and he's in the ice cream shop. And he's like, uh, holy shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, he tries to prove it to his sister and he goes, check this out. Where do you want to go? Eiffel tower. And he opens the door and there's no Eiffel tower there. Right. So she's like, you fucking idiot. Get out of here. Right. And so I guess, doesn't it have to be somewhere you've seen before? It has like to be that? somewhere with a door. Oh, she's like, there's no door on the Eiffel tower. Right got to be able to walk out a door right and uh it was like i don't remember which episode it was but there was one where she comes out this door and there's like these kids playing like out on a basketball court somewhere and uh one of the kids has a key and she's like let me have that key 
and he's like, who are you lady? And she goes, I'll show you my key if you show you yours. Uh-huh. And she, and he's like, okay. And he like walks up, walks up to her and she opens that door. And on the other side is uh, a subway, a subway station, like in New York city. And it, um, and uh, she takes him and she shoves him through the door and he falls all the way across the, the platform and falls onto the tracks just as a train goes and flies by. And then she shuts the door and she looks at the kid and she goes, anyone else? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, holy shit. She all right. Like, all right. Fucking murked this kid. Um, but yeah, it's, it seemed the story is actually really good. It's like really interesting. Yeah. I was, I was captivated by a lot of the concepts. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, who knows? Mandy and I, if we end up, you know, having nothing to watch, we might finish it. But Absolutely it's it's not something else, yeah. that I I was like, we gotta watch this next episode. Yeah, you know? I think it's again one of those things. Like all the themes are much better suited for a younger. Like when you read it, it says it's for like teens, you know. Right. So it's definitely like high schoolers or people just out of high school and stuff like that are looking to have that connection because everything's taking place in like a high school and the stories revolve around the kids that are in that that age group. Um, just real quick, I just realized, I just remembered that, um, uh, Nelly of the Jeff and Nelly combo, she, oh, yeah. yeah, she reaches out actually kind of often, but I always neglect to talk about what she brings up because, uh, it oftentimes it's on like Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of forget about it. But, um, last week, just a real quick on the, on the arcade or a couple weeks ago, she said, um, I flipping love grindstone. Yeah. Nelly. It's my favorite game so far of the arcade, but I love puzzle games, so I'm always more drawn to this type of game. Not quite one of those Candy Crush people. I've literally binged it since I started playing. Anytime I even have a few uh, free minutes, I get lost in the game. Yeah. So she was very happy with that. I'm still playing. Really? Yeah. Good for you. I I mean, I'm not that far. I think I'm on like level 33 or something like that. It's starting to get like frustrating but that's what you said last time but then you overcame that yeah. frustration you kept getting through i'm i'm that's right see that's the kind of stuff we're looking we're looking for those games that we're going to keep playing after after the the segment mm-hmm. but this is what i wanted to um so also i gotta address something else uh, this isn't necessarily the segment that i would typically address this in but two episodes ago in our bite uh episode mm-hmm. where we talked about bite um the batteries in the microphones were dying and there was a lot of static in that episode and I haven't addressed it in any way. Um, but she did. She said, uh, side note, we missed the redrop of that bite episode because anytime something gets fucked up, I reproduce mm-hmm. it, but there's nothing I could have done outside of re-recording it. There's static from the microphones. Uh, there's a ton of static, so we had to skip it, but have been waiting to see if you released it. You may have addressed it at the end of the firing episode, but we stopped listening when you said Dracula was good fucked yeah see check that out we didn't want any spoilers and jeff was convinced that if you loved it that much it must be good because isaiah only likes anime (laughs) Uh, so we are watching it um then she said uh there was where did she say again um uh watch the first two episodes and i loved the twist endings uh it's fun for me but i think a little too gory for jeff to stay paying attention to it so yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff, man. I did not know uh, that the gore was something. I'm not, I wanted to, the reason I liked it so much was because I'm not into that genre. I'm not into the the scary thing. I'm not super down on that. So when I saw it and I was interested in it, I was like, this is just well-made television. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the gore and stuff just doesn't get to me anymore. I think I'm a little desensitized because of the internet and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, 
I didn't know that about uh, you, Jeff, man. So I'm sorry, but I, uh, I should have made that, that, um, that uh, preface, pre- preface of saying, binge it if you're into, at least just give it a try, I guess. I mean, binge yeah. it if you're into um, scary kind of stuff, but I wasn't. So anyway, that was lock and key. Lock and key was fucking uh, okay. I would it was say. Okay. Watch it if it's there. Yeah, watch it if it's there. I, well, yeah, I wouldn't throw it in the like go ride a bike category, but it's yeah. you know just give it a shot. It, it might be something you're into. If someone's like, hey, let's let's turn this on. I'm, I'm gonna also say I think people who maybe like um, Harry Potter or like and it, you know don't fucking um, what is it called? What do they do, Jesus? Crucify, don't Cru- crucify me. Don't crucify. Like, what do they do? Ch- <laughs> don't put these in the same category or for putting these in the same category. But if you like a Harry Potter or like Twilight or any of these like young adult kind of magical things, you, you'll probably get down on it, you know, but right. And I think, yeah, and I, I agree. That's, that is kind of what we're, uh, what we're looking at. But anyway, so now we got to pick one for next week. So this week that we, this actually, I remember seeing this come out like almost a year ago and uh, I think we discussed watching it, but I'm, I'm, 99.99% positive. We never did, but it was on there a lot. It was always in our face. Uh, and it's called the umbrella Academy. Do you, okay. You might not, uh, remember, remember what it is, but, um, Ellen page heads up a killer ensemble cast in this offbeat and, uh, gorgeously made superhero series based on Gerard ways Eisner award-winning comics. I'm in. So I'm in too. You know, we all know that the uh, Eisner Awards, yeah, Eisner Award winners are always. It's always got to be a great story, something mm-hmm. great. And if they 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 translate it well to the screen, I'm sure it's going to be pretty entertaining. So even though this isn't uh, like a brand new original, I think uh, I think we'll find some cool, good shit in there. And uh, if you guys want to tell us what you think of Lock and Key, you can write into roadsodamail at gmail.com or you can uh, call and leave a message, 706-200-1213. Leave us a message and we will play it right here on the air so you can be a part of the show. And we'll catch you on uh, the next Millennial Book Club with the Umbrella Academy. Um, Umbrella Academy. I hope they used that song at some point. Umbrella, Ella. Mm -hmm. I hope they do. And then they shittily add Academy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo, that one was a, a doozy. Came in. Had, had a had a bite up mm. front. Yeah. But still went down smooth. It did, it did. I, 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 I enjoyed the way it, it uh, hit the palate. Mm-hmm. So what did you, what did you learn? I learned that I might have to get a vasectomy uh, within one month of my 50th birthday at my own expense if I live in Alabama. Uh, do you have plans of living in uh, Alabama? No. If you were a rocket scientist, you'd live in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? Is that reaction, but isn't Alabama has the highest amount of the most like rocket scientists Working at uh, uh, NASA, there's like this region in Birmingham Are where they serious? all come out of. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a really there's like this. Yeah, there's uh, there's. I heard that from this guy that went to Alabama, and so um, for for college. Uh, yeah, they got a lot of rocket scientists. Weird. Uh, I learned that uh, this Valentine's Day, you could uh, name a cockroach after your terrible ex girlfriend and, and have it fed to a rat. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great service. I also learned that two girls were trying to get me kicked out of the uh, Plenty Periphery show. 
Yeah, they Unbeknownst were. Unbeknownst to me. Unbeknownst to you, which is, you know, great. You played the perfect... You played it perfectly. <laughs> because you didn't do shit wrong, and uh, you didn't... And everyone realized it, except for those awful people. Guys and gals, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for being here. And uh, we love having you. We don't have her plan a, a plan a plan on stopping. And we hope to see you again on the next episode. Don't forget to watch... Um, what did we choose to watch? Uh, Umbrella Corporation. Oh, my, oh yeah, the um, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, guys, don't forget to watch the Umbrella Academy for the Millennial Book Club. And don't forget to play... A Tone. Uh, a Tone. Heart of the Elder Tree is what it's called. Uh, that one actually looks like it's going to be a little more interesting. Sorry about guildlings. And um, you can send your reviews to roadsodamail at gmail.com or call in and leave a message, 706-200-1213. Now let's get Justin the fuck out of here because he has to uh, get his... It's my very last tattoo session for my sleeve. That's right. His sleeve is almost done. He's got this sleeve completed faster than just about any person I've ever known. I've known people take it years. This has taken you months. Yeah. And uh, kudos, man. It looks dope. How about next time we record when it's all finished, we can take some pictures and I'll post it with the show. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, because it's a really fucking cool tattoo. Thank you. All right, guys. Wish him luck. And uh, we'll catch you next Wizzy. Oh, yeah. Wait. Hey, go to bed early. Go to bed early.